I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 65 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today to finish off this week are Justin and Carolyn of Old Movie Time Machine. Welcome back to the show once again, guys. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great. Uh, So, Minute 65 begins with Martini continuing to be ecstatic and ends with the Martinis being welcome home. Yesterday, we we talked a little bit about what this entire minute is all about. This entire minute is going to be a moving minute. <laughs> you know, That's right. which I, I it made made me wonder, and I, I didn't do any research on this. It made me wonder if you can think of any other movies from this era that showed people moving, and I couldn't really think of any. You know, offhand, I'm sure there Ooh, are from this era. Yeah, no, I mean the biggest uh, you know pop culture move that I can think of off the top of my head is like the Beverly Hillbillies, but that's 20 years later, I right? Mean, yeah, I mean, I was thinking the money pit, when, but again, that's forty years later. Exactly yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of would have been anything like Grapes of Wrath, or you know, was well, the like, Grapes of Wrath was it was it really moving, or was it more that they were just you know spending the entire time <laughs> driving across the country with but, a huge yeah, car with with Grandma in the uh, rocking chair on the top or something like right. that? No, right, mm. exactly. It wasn't actually like a happy move where we're staying in our same community, moving up. Well, they're not necessarily staying in the same community. They're staying, I guess, within the the confines of of Bedford Falls, you know, but where specifically is is more more of a question. Like, we we don't know geographically the difference between, uh, you know, Bailey Park and Potter's Field. You know. That's true. uh, Later in the movie, we get a we get a look at at a at a map from afar, but we can't really tell you know where where the two uh, right. places are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just see the plots kind of colored in as they as right. they expand. Um, I was just really grateful for the Martini family because it's a short move. You know, that's that's the ideal move. It's not some cross country type of thing. Now, Carolyn, I don't know about you, but seeing this scene did bring to mind now carolyn and i are siblings as we've previously talked about and we're also italian americans and our uh, great grandparents came over and uh, moved around the united states and it just kind of seeing this sort of brought to mind like oh i wonder if this is what it was like this this level of you know new house america excitement for our our ancestors you know who yeah. who moved from uh, mines in colorado to downtown detroit michigan uh mm-hmm. and you know, had to pack up their truck, presumably, and their goat and their travel chicken and all of this. So, uh, again, it's a very <laughs> American scene to see. All but I'm of glad their it was cross country. <laughs> but what year did they get to Detroit? Do, do you remember? I believe it was 1941. 
Oh, okay. No, so I, you see, my family didn't get to Detroit till the 70s, so yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. Into the, the suburbs of Detroit. Um, yeah. So did you guys hear about the, the goat connection, though, in this particular scene? No. Uh, uh, no. Well, uh, so Frank Capra is, is another Italian-American, of course, and Capra means goat. So apparently the IMDb tells me that that means something, that there's a goat in this scene as well. But I think they're, you know, they're implying that there was... This is also Capra's, you know, version of of this American dream. As he, so you're saying they were moving Capra with them, or uh, that's possible? Yeah, I don't know. Or if it was just a uh, just pure vanity on his part, like maybe they, well, they should have been holding him. Then I'm wondering if Capra chose the Martini family and not like let's say like an Irish family, which would have you know kind of same right. time period of mm-hmm. of folks that would have been upwardly mobile. Um, yes. Right. So I mean, according to, according to, to 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 you know to continue with the research that that Justin did, basically Capra based the Martinis on his own family who immigrated in 1903 from Sicily. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So this is very, probably a very personal scene for him then. Yes. Yeah. That, that's my assumption too. Now I also they, they also trick us a little bit here because you know first we we have you know at the beginning of this minute we have uh, Martini continuing and by saying me Giuseppe Martini. I own my own house. And then he says, no more live like a pigs in this potter's field, which That's is something correct. that you, you referred to yesterday, uh, Justin, yes. about the fact that, yes, that he is uh, over it very quickly. <laughs> I just love the fact that they call it potter's field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause we all know what a potter's field is. Potter's field is, is yeah. where you, bear, where you bury people that, that don't, that you don't know who they are basically, yeah, or who don't have the money. Right. Or the, they, yeah, they don't have the money to do. They don't have the money um, to, to, to pay for it. Exactly. So that you have to do a mass grave. That's right. And and then, you know, we hear George say, uh, someone say, Mary, Mary. And then George says, Mary, come on, bring the baby. So they they make us believe right from the start that this is their baby. Oh, even though it's not. I, I didn't even think of that. You know. That makes uh, sense, yes. You know, it's, it's, one of, it, it, it's a way to fool us into believing right. that that's what's... Uh, what's uh what, what's really happening here and we will find out shortly that it's not their their kid you know that type of thing and right i mean first of all martini is completely ecstatic you know he's he's over the top he's so happy that that uh, that he's moving and the great thing about it is if you look everyone else is moving he's not <laughs> he's he's not he's <laughs> not true. carrying anything no yeah that's the way it works in the, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's supervising Right. That's yeah. right. He's <laughs> he's not even supervising because he's basically, you know, telling the neighbor, "This is great. I'm out of here. <laughs> You're no longer going to be my yeah. my neighbor." You know, I I don't I don't need a septuagenarian, uh, you know, wearing denim, uh, you know, living <laughs> right. next door. The cool guy. <laughs> the cool guy. Yeah. Yes. Um, Rob, do you have any information on who the background players would be, or like how how extras worked back at the time? Because I just love to see this diverse collection of realistic looking human beings in my major motion picture. It's just a joy to see. It's the whole spectrum of America all in one shot of all these happy people helping the martinis move. Do we know like if they are just like people who were around or if they were cast or what the deal was? I, I, I don't have that much information about it. I have heard that, uh, you know, Capra was taking people off the street just to, to play like little okay. roles. 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we don't know who any of these people are. So I can't really talk yeah. about that. I mean, in, in Die Hard 2, we talked about the fact that that I don't know how well you remember the movie, but the, the guy who the janitor who opens the 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 door for for John in order to get into the luggage area. He's actually a homeless guy that was that they just found on the street and gave him this job. You know, oh, it's wow. his, it was his only movie credit ever. And, you okay. know, uh, and it's because they 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 just saw him, uh, you know, around the corner and give him that little job. So here I don't have information about the specifics about all these different people. The the two people that I do have information about are the Martinis themselves. Well, you okay. know, the, the, okay. the two actors who, who play them. So Mr. Martini mm-hmm. is played by an actor named William Edmonds, even though in this movie he's uh, he's he's listed as Bill Ed, uh, Edmonds. Right. Uh, he was born the classic, in classic uh, Italian surname Edmonds, of course. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He he was born in 1885 and passed away in 1981, meaning he he lived to the age of 96. Wow. wow. Okay. okay. Mr. Martini. That's right. Um, and he was basically approximately 60 when they they filmed this movie. Hmm. Okay. Um, he actually stopped acting in 1959, 13 years after or 14 years after this movie was, uh, uh, you know, came out. He was he had 97. Uh, yeah, he has 97 IMDb credits. His real name is Michael uh, Pellegrino, huh. which is probably uh, a little more Italian because he was born yes. in Italy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Right. He he he's been in you know a lot of different uh, movies, but he mostly plays you know dark or Latin uh, characters: Spaniards, Mexicans, Frenchmen, Gypsies, Arabs, Polynesians, and other exotic nationalities. And was he was considered a poor man's J. Carol Nash, who was oh uh, okay, I know him. Yeah, <laughs> Caroline, you know him too. He plays Daniel the Hunchback in uh, House of Frankenstein. Oh, he falls in love with Maliva, the gypsy girl. Yeah, yes, he does. But that that makes sense. I could see the um, yes, the similar the casting crossover. Then that 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 would make sense. Right. So, yeah, that that that's pretty much uh, the, the main information. I couldn't find out why, you know, what happened after 1959 that he stopped uh, acting. You hmm. know, so don't don't really know the, the information about that. Now, the, the woman who plays his wife her information is even more fascinating than his. So her, her name is Argentina uh, Brunetti. Argentina, right? She was actually, uh, first of all, she, she, the reason her name is Argentina is because she was born in Argentina, which, which is hilarious because very appropriate (laughs) because I mean, the, the, the story that I, that, that I found about this is that, uh, she was basically born in Buenos Aires, uh, practically on the stage because her mother was a famous Italian actress who was performing as uh, part of a South, South American tour. And um, basically, you know, when, when she was born there, she, she, she claims that she was very happy that she was, you know, th- that, that she came out, you know, while they were in Argentina because she said the next two stops were Uruguay and Paraguay. And, she, you know. Oh. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think she wanted to be, uh, you know, named either of those things. <laughs> yeah, the less melodic sounding. They don't trip off the tongue in quite the yeah, same way. That's right. So she has 173 IMDb credits. Um, this movie okay. was her, her debut. 
Oh. Okay. She was she was born in 1907. She was her film debut. She was born in 1907 and passed away in 2005 at the age of 98. So both the martinis, you know, lived into their late 90s. Still pretty impressive. And there would be Very probably impressive. a considerable age gap between them. Yes, there guessing? is. She was 39 at the time. So there's about a 20 year difference between them. Okay. Okay. That's that's not as much as I would. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. But still, that's um. Mm-hmm, okay. Yes. Now, two very interesting things that I found out about her is one is that uh, uh, one of the things that she did uh, sort of as a hobby was she would go around um, uh, interviewing other actors around the you know throughout her career, and she actually became a member of the HF uh, HFPA, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Okay, oh. and the Golden was, Globes. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. And she was she's one of their founding members, uh, along with her husband. I think he was an Italian writer. Uh, and so the but the the most interesting thing that I found is that she had a website up until the time that she died. She hosted a weekly uh, vlog uh, on the internet where it was called <laughs> really? Argentina Bernetti's Hollywood Stories. And she would talk about the Hollywood of yesterday, today, and tomorrow with photos of her with uh, a whole bunch of famous people in the uh, entertainment industry. Cool. And she she was in the process of writing a, a novel about her grandmother when she died. You know, and again, she died at the, 90, the age of ninety eight. So, you know, we busy, talked yesterday. Busy woman. We, we talked yesterday about wishes. I mean, she 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 kept busy all the way to the end. This is incredible news. Uh, now, are is this content still available? Like, is is this on YouTube? I believe like it this? is. I, I believe that there's okay. there is a website www.argentinabrunetti.com. Um, Argentina having a website. Good for you. You go. And apparently, her her son has carried on the website uh, over the years. Okay. Wow. Well, maybe we should reach out to him as well. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I had no idea. That's great cool. news. And uh, actually, when when I go to the website, it uh, is no longer available. So, so you, you can buy it. <laughs> but the website, <laughs> you know, okay. the website is for sale for for almost three thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Right. Uh, reasonable, maybe. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know. <laughs> but you, you maybe can <laughs> try and find it. I don't know. Maybe. Well, let's put this way: if she was ninety-eight when she passed away, uh, twenty almost twenty years ago, and her son took over the site. Okay, my assumption is her son was no spring chicken at the time either. So right, I guess that's true. You know, yeah. so it, it's possible <laughs> that uh, you know it didn't continue on for for that much longer. I, I, that I don't know. well, if yeah, props to him for maintaining it at all. If he did, I mean, also that's right. like well, at, think about it. If he's ninety eight and she has a website, so you know what's <laughs> you know having a seventy year old guy keeping a website is not a big deal <laughs> comparatively. I'm I'm impressed. I, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's something else. Those Brunettis, online mavens. I had no idea. No That's idea. right. That's right. And basically, you know, the the it the it continued. The scene continues with with uh, you know, we hear Mrs. Martini say, "This is like a dream." And then George says, "I'll take the kids in the car." Oh, thank you, Mr. Bailey. Thank you. All right, kids. Here, here, get in. Now, one at a time. Get right up and seat there. Get right up on the seat there. Sit down there. Here now. Get the dog now. That's it. Go to everybody. All in. 
<laughs> did did you guys count how many kids the, the martinis have? No, it was it was like a clown car though. There were it was an incredible yeah. amount of, of human beings being <laughs> trafficked. Like yeah. the Italian American families that we come from. I was just well, like, I don't know, it's probably at our, least our father was 12. one of eleven children. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So yep. we just assume. <laughs> yep. Yep. Seemed totally normal for us, for sure. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, that's fine. I mean, I only counted four plus the baby. Uh, and then the dog and the goat, but you know, it's, it's, they're, they're also a young couple, you know, they're just getting started. Right. <laughs> right. So who knows? He was only 60. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> That's right. And she, I mean, she's 39. Exactly. So you plenty know, she, of good years left for those two. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. Because one of the things that, they, I mean, there's a lot of other kids standing around watching them, you know, be so happy that the martinis are, 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 are leaving. Or you think they're happy that the martinis are getting out of the neighborhood? That's a great question. Or, I, I just assumed that they were happy for the martinis, but what if the martinis <laughs> are terrible neighbors? What if it's just that's right? It's just well, come on, they got a goat that that's been chewing up everyone's right. uh, noise everyone's noise. laundry, right? And they have these these two little dogs that uh, you know that are going around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and they basically all clamper into the in, into George's car and. Uh, I mean, we see also that there are baskets tied to to the to to the sides of George's car <laughs> to help you know take stuff off. So it's like let's save money on moving and and have George move stuff off. They do really make themselves at home with George's car. <laughs> they really just sort of yes. uh, do what they want with it. Yeah. I have a feeling yeah, though that I, George and Mary offered up to help. So. Well, they're those types of people, of course, of yeah. course. But the but the Martinis, yeah. they were they did not uh, hesitate for a moment. They're like, yes, we will take your car. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> and then the Martinis say bye 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 bye. George goes all in, and then the, as the, the the car moves away, we 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 have a musical interlude. Did did either of you notice the, you know what what uh, what song is being played in the background as they're they're driving away. Oh, it's uh, Osolomio, right? That's right. Yes. Very good. Now, what do you know about the, the song Osolomio? I, I, I don't know very much, to be honest with you. I just know the tune. Okay. So it was uh, written in 1898. And it was written by Giovanni uh, Capuro. Mm. And uh, the music itself was, was composed by Eduardo de Capua. And Alfredo Mazzucci, and uh, do, do you do you know what what uh, the title means? What does O Sole Mio mean? Uh, I would guess this this is purely speculative, but Oh My Soul or something like this. Carolyn, any guess? No, I don't claim have okay. any claim to foreign languages. <laughs> oh my loneliness. No, it's, it's, it's neither do I. But it's uh, you know I, I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I know it offhand. Um, it means my sunshine. My my sunshine. <laughs> yeah, you. This trivia oh, is all all off the dome from you, as far as we're concerned, Rob. Uh, yeah. you, you just have. Okay, yeah. that that that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You just know, know these things, that. and we're sticking to it. Right. Okay, but wait. What, it, what right. does it mean? I'm sorry. I I, told, I missed what the what it actually means. It means my sunshine. My sunshine. Oh, that. May, okay, soul. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, well, what a pleasant message then um, to go with a, a yes. lovely tune. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of famous uh, performers who have have done versions of this song. Andrea Bocelli. Oh yeah, of course. And uh, Pavarotti actually won a Grammy 
for for his version of it in 1980. Mm, okay, that sounds like him. Yeah, um, there there are uh, English versions of it also, where uh, Tony Martin in 1949 sung the the song uh, called uh, "There's No Tomorrow." So they they use the melody but change the, the 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 words. Okay. Yeah, change the lyric. And do we know if if is this melody sort of a is it is it an older melody that was sort of formally composed by the the people you just listed off? Like is this a, an old tune I'm guessing that was maybe then taken and sort of formalized in some way? Do we know that? Uh not not based on what I oh, okay, said. Okay, okay. Not not based on what I've read. Gotcha. You know, again, it was only written in, in 1898. I, I didn't find any sources from be, before that. Gotcha. Um, okay. There, there's also a big controversy with uh, Elvis Presley about it because he then wrote, he had a song, It's Now or Never, uh, which, oh, yeah. which uses part of mm. the, 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 the music for it also. Mm-hmm. Another great song. Um, which obviously ca- causes a little bit of problems. Uh, Bing Crosby sung it in a. Uh, he has a, an album from 1961, 101 Gang Songs. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where Sunshine. I don't know where Sunshine really fits into Gang Songs. It sounds more like uh, you know West Side Story type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, right. In 1960, <laughs> that's kind of older Bing too. So I I can't even conceive of what that would sound like. His performance of that particular Italian folk tune would sound like. That's interesting. I'll have to look yeah. that up. Yeah. And then in 1981, John Schneider uh, had a hit with it. And it reached the uh, number 14 on the Billboard pop charts and uh, number four on the country charts. Really? Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, two two other small trivia in, uh, tidbits about it. Uh, first of all, the opening ceremony of the 1920 Summer Olympics in Antwerp, they actually played this song instead of the Italian national anthem because the uh, band didn't have the right sheet music for the Italian national anthem. Wow. So they just played this instead. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's a constructive <laughs> solution to a, to an opportunity. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And uh, the, the, the last bit of information is, is that in the 1980s in England, in, uh, they, they would have commercials for Cornetto ice cream and they would uh, use the, the music and the melody for it, even though they had different words that that were that were being used. Okay. You know, for these commercials, mm-hmm. it was just one Cornetto. Well, I've and I've heard of Cornetto, so I mean that that marketing has been successful apparently. But if it's the '80s, so we're looking at like 30 or 40 years since we've had a big Osolomio comeback culturally. So you see, there you go, Justin. You, you, there, there's your opportunity. This is you can go actually, do it. You're right. I mean, this is we should be seizing this moment right now and covering this and releasing it and using it for our projects. I think that's what we should. There you go. Do. All right, all right. We'll put it on the list. There yeah. you go. <laughs> and as as the music continues to play, we we watch the 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 car uh, and truck eventually uh, enter an area that says "Welcome to Bailey Park," which. It, it's a very interesting uh, sign that looks like uh, you know someone just uh, took a few logs and created it recently. Yeah, it has like a camp campground feel to it. That's yeah. right, that's right. But the, the truck with all the martini stuff is overflowing. Yeah, it's hilarious. You know, you, <laughs> I would I I was expecting to see like things falling off behind it. Yes. You know, because it's so jam packed there. 
again, thankfully, it's a short move. And it's just across town because, you know, there's nothing worse than like a long distance move when you don't know if you're going to see that stuff ever again. You've got to ship it separately or whatever. At least they're in control. That's right. They know that we've got our landlord's car and that's what we're using <laughs> or, you know. That- well, he's not, not landlord. the landlord. Excuse they me. Own, their house. They own excuse their me. home. They own it. They I'm own it. Apolog- <laughs> my apologies to the Martini family, of course. Of course. Right. right. And then as uh, you know, the, the 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 car and the truck come into Bailey Park, and then there's a swipe, and they you know they change the scene, and the first thing we see is the empty truck, meaning that we've now skipped over having to watch everyone bring everything into the house. Right. <laughs> Six <laughs> hours later. Yeah. That's right. You know, it's all being dragged inside. Everything's mm-hmm. being taken care of. No, ex- yeah, we, I mean, Mr. Now moved did not in. lift a finger that entire process. He was just sort of. No, no of course not. Class, no, of course his not. hands and, you know, uh, exclaiming a lot about how excited he is. But everybody else did that. That's work. right. Exactly. And we, we see George and, and Mary now standing outside of their house. Which we don't know the name of the street, but they, they live at uh, 4587, whatever the name of the street is. Mm-hmm. Which which goes to show that that you know they're expecting a lot of uh, of houses in this area. You know, it's not like it's uh, That's true. you know this is number this is house number ten. Yeah, you know this is house number four thousand five hundred eighty seven. Now my research <laughs> shows that this is one of two locations that still exist. This house still exists apparently in whatever neighborhood it's in. And does it still have a goat in there? Uh, that I don't know. It, I it did not say. Um, <laughs> Kind of unusual that they wouldn't add that information, actually. But it's it's apparently this house and then the gym with the floor that separate that covers the uh, the pool in yes. Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Those two right. things still exist, I guess. But this is a nice house. I was really impressed with it. I get I get the excitement. Well, come on, it's Martini's house. Yeah, he owns it. Yeah. So, uh, and also, you know, you, I just you got to give him credit for that. I don't want to miss it, but because we're seeing them uh, out in the daylight here in uh, presentational fashion but Donna Reed wearing this little baseball cap and scarf she is so adorable and looks amazing throughout all of this I just needed to point whenever she out. wears whenever she wears that baseball cap the way that she wears it she reminds me of a Madonna in uh, a League of Their Own Oh yeah you know that's how she would wear the the hat so That's right and it's yeah. uh it is the look I'm all, I'm all about it so Yes mm-hmm. for sure for sure. And the great thing is if you if you look at the, the the empty truck, so you see some guy sitting on the end, which I'm assuming is is the, the guy who drove the truck, and the, the goat is right next to him. So you know the, the goat is not inside the okay. house. The goat is still outside. <laughs> okay. But you know, Bailey Park does not look like a place where you would keep farm animals. It seems like that would yeah. be my assumption. I, I don't know. Different, probably different zoning regulations or whatever than where they were before. It's yeah, certainly a different, different feeling. So we're not sure. We don't actually see through the power of uh, cinema if the goat has its own room inside the Martini House. I no, feel like no, the goat's sorry. gonna have like a like a shanty or a shack in the back yard. I would love that for that goat. I want the goat to be happy. He's, he's <laughs> gonna have some kind of like lean to. A lean-to with a nice tin can to chew on. Uh-huh. That's what I'd like uh-huh. to see for that goat. Uh-huh. Maybe it's a corrugated, like, metal roof. That would be nice, sure. <laughs> okay, sounds sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's work on that, guys. We can get that done for them. Exactly. When when Justin, when you go visit the house, yeah. then you could check if there's if there's something in the back to tie up the the goat. The goat yeah. post, of course. Yeah, I'll look for it. I'll, I'll put it on the list. Because right. I mean, again, we talked yesterday about the fact that they had 
that they have what looks like a hen they must be getting right. their their own yeah. uh eggs so my assumption is is that the goat is there for them to get uh milk. you know milk sure yeah yeah, yeah. make cheese get milk mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's right that's right you know and later on we find out that martini actually owns a bar so maybe you know may, i don't know maybe he uses the milk in different ingredients and in, mm-hmm. in different drinks at the bar i don't know oh, for like white russian or something like that goat milk white russian that's a, it could be yeah those are exquisite could be all right <laughs> so do either of you have anything else to say about this minute mm, i don't think so um i don't i mean i think it's just it's probably in the next minute more so but I, i'm sure we probably see it here but the loaf of bread that uh, Donna Reed is holding looks really appetizing. It's a good hearty <laughs> loaf of bread. That's all. Even though it's 77 years old. Right? I, I would still, <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like it would keep. It's that kind of quality, old, old world grains. That's what I meant. All right. I hope, yeah. I hope your teeth are up to something. Yeah, I'll, like just again, I'll put it on the list. I'll, I'll let you guys know how, how it was. All right. All right. I, I appreciate that. Well, well, let, let, let me know when you have to go to the dentist okay. to take care of all those. Broken teeth from from eating seventy seven year old stale bread. <laughs> yeah, goat milk bread. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. So every Friday we have a segment called Oscar Oops. So the the basis of this segment is the fact that uh, over the the last ninety five years of the Oscars, so there have been lots of controversies, and there are movies that that uh, you know people think should have won and people think that they shouldn't have won and you know everyone's got their opinion on the whole thing so I decided that what I was going to do is you know do something a little fun and have all of my guests talk about what movies they think sh- were deserving of winning best picture instead of what actually won but obviously it has to be something that was nominated during the course of that year so we will once again do this in snake form because snake fashion because i know that justin is now an expert in snake fashion. figured it out uh there you go and you guys can decide uh, who's gonna go first should i go first this time carolyn yeah it's only fair it's only fair so should we do this what do you think chronological order does it matter do you have a preference? It well, it doesn't matter. I give I give points for you know it's a, at the end at the the end of the season, so I will tally up and talk about which movies got the most points. Ah, so okay. basically, it should go from you know y- your you know number number your number one is probably the one that you're most upset about the fact that it didn't win, uh, and you know the then work your way down from that. Oh, okay. That's what I would, that's what most people do. I'm going to, I am going to do mine, but I am, it also works out that way. I'm going to do mine from newest to oldest. Newest to old. However you okay. want. Okay. Hey, that's I like fine. that. Idea. I'm going to run with that idea. Newest to oldest. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm starting with the 98, 99 Shakespeare in love year. Uh, I'm sure this has been uh, a lot of controversy over this. Not that she, nothing wrong with Shakespeare in Love. It's a fine film. However, this is the same year that uh, say Saving Private Ryan. That's an easy one. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, again, no knock on Shakespeare in Love. It's fine, but is it timeless? Does it, do we, we still think about it? We still talking about it? Uh, yeah, we are. Not so. Much. Guess what? I'm talking about it too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. also the. Well, no, but but you. But you're not necessarily talking about it in the right re- for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um. So mine, my f- number five is also 1998 Shakespeare in Love, and yeah, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, great movie. But it's also the same year that Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett was nominated. Oh yeah. And if we're talking like you know 
Elizabethan era, like period picture films, Elizabeth was far superior. So in my mind, Saving Private Ryan, yes, also great film, but um, I, I would, my vote would have been for Elizabeth. Okay, great. Um, so what's your number four? My number four, I'm gonna go one year older to 1997, Titanic. <laughs> um, Look, you know, oh, best best picture. There's a lot of lot of good things. A lot of things we make fun of. I think about Titanic. I mean, it's a feat of filmmaking. I'm not arguing that. But um, I think L.A. Confidential would have been my vote for that year, for um, just overall filmmaking style, costume, music, performances from all the actors. Um, you know, it's another period film, but I think that LA Confidential really, that it does it for me. All right, cool. And for my number four, I'm going to take it back to 1964, the My Fair Lady, uh, year versus Mary Poppins. This is insanity. Mary Poppins wins hands down. Like this is of of all the egregious ones, this might be the most egregious possibly. Mary Poppins is clearly better. It's just you know, my opinion. We grew up as Mary Poppins people. I've seen My Fair Lady several times. Uh, I've disliked it every single time I watch it. It just is endless and <laughs> free of charm. Whereas Mary Poppins has everything going for it. <laughs> From my number three, I'm gonna take it back to 1956, which. I just wanted to point out has three films that are amazing and kind of classics that were not even nominated. The Searchers, Man in the Gray Flannel Suit, and East of Eden. And we know that Around the World in 80 Days won, but that's insane because that movie is kind of dumb. However, one that was nominated and is clearly better is The Ten Commandments, which is uh, lives on to this day in all of its uh, goofy pomposity. I think it holds up. So there we go. Okay. All right. That, that is a nice choice. Hmm. All right, Caroline, yes. what have you got for your number three? My number three, I'm going to 1982, uh, the year that Gandhi, also a very good film, yes, uh, an important film, uh, won Best Picture, but, uh, you know, I was born in the 80s, and if I had been alive to vote in 1982... And in the academy, I would have voted for ET. So um, uh, I knew I knew exactly that's where you were going. Right, uh, yeah. you know that's totally a fan moment, a childhood favorite for sure. Um, that's that's nothing against Gandhi as a film, but how did um, how did ET not win everything? That was a, a cultural phenomenon, that's, right? Wow. Uh, but also, I mean, just like the special effects, you name it. Yeah, it's uh, it offers a lot for our filmmaking viewers. Um, so, but my number two, uh, I'm going to go all the way back to the 60s, 1968, uh, the year that Oliver won. Um, don't really care, don't really like it. Um, I definitely think of the other nominees that year, Funny Girl should have won. I've never seen Funny Girl. Oh my God. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, well, clearly our mother didn't make you watch it. But it's true. I she did watched not. It. 
a million times and it's Barbara Streisand. Like I'm, I'm here for funny girl. Yeah. Never got it. Never got it. But it was the only time in Oscar history that there was a tie for, for best actress. Is that right? Who, who was the tie? Barbara Streisand tied with Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn uh, won for the lion in winter that year. Oh, another amazing film. Lion in winter. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes. So they, they tied. So I got to see this Barbara movie then, I guess. I mean, if we're talking <laughs> Hepburn level, all right. It's on the list. I'm nervous, but it's on the all list. Right. Okay. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. Stabs. <laughs> She's incredible. Hello, gorgeous. That's a line, right? Isn't that yes. the thing? Okay. Oh, all right. I know that much. I know that much. Uh, for my number two... I'm going to take it back to 1948. The winning picture for that year was Hamlet, starring Sir Laurence Olivier. You know, hey, it's Hamlet, right? We know Hamlet. It's a pretty famous, pretty well-renowned tale. We know Sir Laurence Olivier. He's one of the finest actors of the 20th century. Uh, However, for me personally, this Best Picture award goes to Treasure of Sierra Madre, which is one of my personal favorite films. And uh, I just love it so much, and I love Bogey in it so much, and I think it's uh, incredible, and I think it holds up today. Not that Hamlet doesn't, but Hamlet is Hamlet. I don't know. I'm just not as – it's sort of – it's like doing a cover song, sort of. (laughs) But Treasure Sierra Madre, that rocketed to the top of the charts on its own merits, and um, a lot of great catchphrases. So Now, number one, because, again, snake style. I got it. I got it, you guys. I would like to go to 1941, and I need to qualify this because the winner for 1941 was How Green Is My Valley, and I have to confess that I've never seen How Green Was My Valley, so I can't tell oh, you. I know, okay. I know, I know, and it's, uh, again, it's another shame that I carry with me. However, this is the same year as Citizen Kane, and I have seen Citizen Kane many times and I've read and heard many people talking about Citizen Kane for the past, I don't know, my entire life, for the, you know, the, the entire past century. So I just feel like maybe there's a chance that Kane was robbed of this particular award. That's just my take. And I'm sorry for all of you, uh, How Green Was My Valley fans out there. I will okay, check well, it you, out, I You know that that can be remedied in, in just the question of two, and a, two hours, two and a half hours. I think I might yeah. do it. Again, I'll put it on the list. Watch how green was did you, my valley. Did you ever see that? Did you ever see that episode of Frasier, where he 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 goes to the video store and wants to rent something, and he's looking for something, and so he asks the the guy at the counter, "Do you recommend anything?" And he goes, "Oh, how about how green was my was my valley?" And he starts telling him about it, and so Frasier goes, "Oh, that's a great idea." And he he goes to go take it, and some woman takes it who was standing next to him and heard the recommendation. Oh, no. She took it, <laughs> and he got very upset. Oh, Frasier. Well, another yes. night in with the piano and dad for Frazier. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. my number one, uh, which has already been mentioned, Justin already did it for me, but it's my number one, 1964's My Fair Lady versus Mary Poppins. Um, and I love My Fair Lady. If it's on, I'm going to watch it. If I come across it in my scrolling, I'm going to watch it. I love Audrey Hepburn. Um, I don't necessarily 
love Rex Harrison's just condescending attitude. Condescending, yeah, condescending, <laughs> misogynistic, <persona>. yeah, <laughs> unlikable. Like I don't know how that they get together in the end. I'm still baffled by that. But I love the costumes, you know, the performances, whatever. But Mary Poppins is superior for many reasons. Um, creativity, costumes, um, performances from everyone. It's just like so, it's a step above. And not to mention Julie Andrews singing all of her own songs. You know, I mean, she started My Fair Lady on Broadway. Like, how could that really win the Oscar over Mary Poppins? Right. Agreed. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for, for both of those lists. Would you guys like to, one final time, tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. Our show is called Old Movie Time Machine. We are talking about color motion pictures made in the U.S. of A. during the Cold War. And you can find us at any podcasting platform you choose or YouTube. The shows are up there as well. Uh, you can email us at uh, party line at oldmovietimemachine.com follow us on Instagram at Time Machine Podcasts please and thank you alright great and finding me is very simple just do a quick search for Move Around Minute you can find me on my website movearoundminute.com you can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Twitter so I want to once again thank you guys for for taking the time to to, to join me here and I'll, I'll, first of all I'm very happy that, that Justin finally got to see this movie oh, yeah. me too yeah yeah, that that warms my heart that I was able to get someone to to, to watch this movie and enjoy it. So it's added yeah. something to my life. So so thank you once again. I appreciate it. So you're saying you also have a wonderful life because of it. I would say that, which is <laughs> ironic because I think it's the title that kept me away for so long. It just seems too positive somehow. Like I'm just like I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of this, but I get it now. I understand people. I I, I get it. All right, excellent. So thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, Rob, really for a having pleasure. Us. Yes, yeah, thank really you. appreciate yeah. it. Great. And uh, I will be back on Monday with a new guest. But until then, hot dog. Hot, hot dog. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.